Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Against their marriage and they carry this weight their whole life and they never seem to get it resolved. Oh, they said the prayer, but yet they've never released it out of themselves. They're still carrying it. And it's still affecting them and they don't even realize it. Amen. So tonight I want us all to be honest with ourselves. And if there's any unforgiveness towards others or towards yourself, or you're beating yourself up, sometimes people hide that very well. They hide it behind a smile. They hide it behind all those sorts of things, but inwardly they're hurting on the inside. Their marriage is hurting. They're hurting. And yet they don't project that. They try to deal with it behind the the scenes, behind the door, when all the doors are closed, when all the lights are out, and no one's there but them. And really that's when they got to get real with themselves. And they realize there's still an underlining issue in their life that they've never dealt with. Sometimes people go through their whole life blaming themselves for how their kids were raised or what their kids did. They, They blame themselves for things that happened in their family. And they won't let it go. Well, praise the Lord. And I know it's quiet and I know you're just thinking. I know it's not a shout back at me message. I'm not, you know, I'm, it's not going to be a pastor key tonight where I'm going to get you all out of your chairs. I'm trying to teach you some things that's going to help you as a family and as an individual to learn these things. Because you have to learn these things. Now, let's look at this in Ephesians chapter 4. And let's look at this in verse 29. It says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, Look at this word, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now go over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to run just a couple of scriptures here. Colossians 3, 12, it says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, And forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Then go over to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. It says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now these scriptures not only speak about how God has forgiven you. But these scriptures also talk to you about how you're supposed to forgive other people. Amen. You think about your own life and how you came to God. And, you, and your sins and what you've committed and all that you did when you came to God. And you think about what God has forgiven you for. How God has cleansed you and washed you clean. How God didn't hold anything against you or have to say, I'll get back with you on that. He forgave you. He washed you clean. 
Even now, if you go to God and you say, Father, forgive me. He says, I forgive you and I cleanse you and I, I wash you from all your sins. Think about how good God has been toward us. And he's saying, just as God has been this good towards you, you ought to extend that same grace towards someone else. Yeah. Just like that grace was extended towards you when you didn't deserve it. Yeah. That grace now we need to extend towards other people that, does, that need it as well. Yeah. Amen. That we don't harbor an unforgiveness. We don't hold on to unforgiveness. Now go back to Ephesians chapter 5. And I know we got uh, some scriptures to run, but this will be good. Ephesians chapter 5. We need to hear what the Word of God has to say about it. Because sometimes if we're not careful, we can have a real perverted, twisted view as it relates to this subject. Sometimes we can feel like we deserve and, 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 we, and we deserve to not forgive someone else. But somehow it's our right to hold on to things and make the other person pay for what they did. And make the other person always know what they did and how they fell down. And we need to remind them every once in a while just to hold that over them. Now you may think that people don't do that, but they do. And I'm talking about Christians. Are you all with me tonight? Always bringing up the past. Always bringing up how someone missed it. Or always bringing up how someone failed you. Or how you failed someone else. And when you do that, you never let them get free. And when you do that, you never let them get healed. Because they already feel bad. And yet, if we're not careful, we can make people feel even worse. When God forgave us. At any point in your life, walking with God, has God ever brought up to you anything of your past that He forgave you of? Your past is good for one thing, forgetting. But we ought to have that same approach when it comes to other people. And not feel like that we have a right to hold this against you. See, that's just wrong. But people do. And a lot of it's unspoken. It's in their heart. They don't say it, but it's there. You did this to me, and I, I won't, I'm not going to forgive you. I got this on the, oh, I'm dealing with you, I'll live with you, I'll do this, but I still have this unresolved issue because you hurt me. We got to deal with that. And we're talking about family, talking about marriage, talking about relationships. That's what this is. That, that, this is going to help you because I tell you, if you have this rooted in you, it's going to be very difficult for you to have any meaningful relationships. Sometimes as children, I deal with this all the time. Sometimes children, as a child, you're abused. You're abused by a parent or you're abused by somebody that you love. Spirit of rejection is on them. Amen. There's bitterness that they have towards a parent because of what was done to them. And they, as a child, and then as they grow up, they never resolve this. And there's still unforgiveness there towards them. And we got to get that out. And so that we can move forward. It's just a serious thing. Now look at this in, in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. It says, be, uh, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us in offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Now notice it says, walk in love. It says we are to imitate our Father, walking in the love of God and forgiving others. That's how we imitate God. We forgive others. We're quick to forgive. Now look at it over here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Of course, we call this the love chapter. 
But there's something in here I want to pull out. Verse 5, 1 Corinthians 13, 5. And it says, doeth not behave love, doeth not behave itself unseemly. And let me just read this in the Amplified for time's sake. It says, love is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of an evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. See, when I'm really walking in the love of God, I'm not calculating how many times you've hurt me. I'm not calculating how many times you hurt me and I'm holding on to that because you hurt me. It doesn't do that. The love of God just releases that. When we're walking in the love of God, we don't hold unforgiveness towards other people or on ourselves. Why? Because we remember the love of God that's been extended towards us. And we realize we've been forgiven for much more than anybody has ever done to us. No human being has ever done more to you than you've done to Jesus. Right? Nobody will ever do what we've done to God. When we came to God with all of our sin and all of our weight and all the things that we've done, and he said, I completely forgive you of all your sin, of, all your, of everything that you've done to me. I release that from you. No one has ever done that much to us. And we need to act and imitate the Father in forgiving one another. And I know sometimes when we talk about some of these things, it may kind of, uh, you know, peel off, as it were, like a band-aid, peel off something. But it needs to be dealt with so that we don't, so that it can get healed and move forward. Amen. Look at this in, in Psalms 86. Psalms chapter 86. And the Bible has much to say about this. And it's a very deadly and dangerous thing when we hold unforgiveness towards other people. And you're going to see that in a minute. Very dangerous. It's detrimental to your life when you hold unforgiveness towards someone else or towards your own self. Psalms chapter 86, verse 3, it says, Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice thy soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Just like God is ready, is ever ready to forgive you, we also need to be ready to forgive others. We got to be ready to do that. Sometimes we got to forgive. Sometimes we, we, if we're not careful, we can have not only towards people, but it's like Paul said. He said, I, I, I exercise myself not to be offended towards God or unforgiving towards God or towards men. Sometimes people can be mad at God. Sometimes people can be mad at God and they're unforgiving towards God because something happened in their life that's been dramatic or something they don't understand or something that just really rocked their world. And all of a sudden it's God's the heavy. And they carry that. People don't see that. But yet it's, it's dogging them and it's waiting on them. And, 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 they ha- and they're, they're in a place of shock almost or a place that they're not going to be able to move forward. You're just stagnant right there until you get this thing right. And he said, God is ever ready to forgive us. And I need to be ready to forgive my brothers and forgive my sisters and forgive my wife and forgive my kids and forgive myself. Are y'all with me tonight? Sometimes people just won't do that. And you show them the word of God and they're so beat up. They're so beat up with sin. They're so beat up with guilt. My father-in-law, her daddy was one. I tried to talk to him. He died. He went to heaven. He was saved. 
But he wouldn't forgive himself. He, he thought God would not forgive him. He literally thought that. You could try to talk to him, and he wouldn't tell you all the things he did wrong. And I'd say, Pete, listen, you didn't ever, like, kill people, right? Well, no. I said, well, you didn't drag people out of their house, did you? No. I said, Paul did. I said, God forgave him. I know, but you just don't know all these different things. So no matter what I said to him, I couldn't comfort him. The word wouldn't get to him. And he beat himself up. And he died at 58 years old. Beat himself up all the time. Always felt like he didn't measure up. Always, see, and he would laugh, and he was a great guy. He'd give you the shirt off his back. He was a giver. But he was so insecure, and he was so insecure in his walk with God that somehow God wouldn't forgive me for this, whatever. There had to be something, and I think I know what it is, that my wife and I talked about it, that it had to do with adultery and different things that went on in his life. I'm not talking about it. I'm just telling you there was an act that he did it's something that got a hold of him that was a devil and convinced him in his mind, you'll never be free from this. God will never forgive you for this. It cost him his marriage. It cost him his best friend. It cost him a lot in his life. And he was never the same because the devil got a hold of his mind because he opened himself up to the devil through unforgiveness, not of other person, of himself. He wouldn't forgive me, you know, himself. And because of that, he lived in torment. He lived in torment. Terrible. But no matter what you told him, it went so long. He would believe that God would forgive you. He would believe that God would forgive others, but not when it came to him. See, the devil had hold of his mind. And that's what I'm talking about. You can go so long and not deal with this that eventually the enemy will get a hold of your mind and convince you that it's never going to change. You can't be forgiven. And this is the way it's going to be. Because the devil has a way. This is a place that he attacks us. The devil has access to the soul. He don't have access to the spirit. He's got access to the soul. And that's the place that he attacks us in the mind, in our emotions, the way we respond to people, what we go through, the hurts that we deal with, the situations that occur in our life. Those are the avenues that he uses to keep striking our life until we get to a point where we're just covered up with it. So we got to learn to let it go. The Amplified, it says, you, O Lord, out of the same verse, verse 5, it says, you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive our trespasses sending them away, letting them go completely and forever. See, when we choose to forgive, it sets us free. When I choose to forgive me, it sets me free. When I choose to forgive you, it sets me free. Forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. It sends things away from you. How many of y'all know 1 John 1, 9, I just read it, it says if we, if we sin, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many of y'all know when you sin, that's not when God found out, or when you confessed it, that's not when God found out? Right? You confess sin to get it out, to, 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 for it to depart from you. 
to not be part of you no more. There's something about words that you say, I forgive, that sends it away, that gets it away from you spiritually. And we're talking now about spiritual sins. Unforgiveness is a spiritual sin. And God will judge spiritual sins a whole lot stronger than he will flesh sins. Amen. Brother Hagin made that statement. I believe it. Now look at this in Luke 17. So when you forgive, it releases it from you. Releases it out of you. Luke 17. Praise God. God is good. Thank you, Father. You know what? I'll for our time. Let's just go to Isaiah 43. I'm just going to jump down here real quick. So when you're when you're when you're saying I forgive, I release it out of me. And I've heard people say this all the time. They say, well, the person didn't ask me to forgive them. Waiting for them to ask you to, to forgive is not scriptural. It doesn't make any difference. If people come up to me at the end of the service, they go, Pastor, I need to ask you to forgive me. I say, I forgive you. Well, no, I need to tell you. No, you don't. That's right. I forgive you. Yeah, but I just really feel like I need healing you. No, you don't need to tell me. I forgive you. <laughs> yeah, but I, just, I, I tell me. So they tell me and I, I forgive you. It's not going to change based on the drama that you bring. No matter how strong the drama is, my response is still going to be the same. Remember when Jesus was dealing with that and he said, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times? Yeah, that seems reasonable. I'll forgive you seven times today. That, yeah, that's, that seems fair. No, just Jesus said seven times 70. That's like 490 times. And I have to say your spouse probably didn't ask you to forgive them 490 times today. Jesus is simply saying we should continually, like the Father, offer forgiveness towards other people. It should be a continual thing. It's not Italian or you're at 126. I mean, you got only got seven hours to go. You better hope you get under this 490. Because Jesus says seven times 70. No, what he's simply saying is, is we ought to offer forgiveness completely. We ought to offer it. It'll be something that we offer. I forgive. Amen. Isn't that right? Now look at this in Isaiah. I think this is an interesting scripture here. Isaiah, let me find it here. Isaiah. Um, let's see here. Isaiah, where's it at? Isaiah 25. It says, I... Even I am that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. Notice God is even saying, I am doing this for my sake. Over in the New Testament, it says for Christ's sake. God said, for my own sake, I'm not going to remember what you did. I'm not going to hold on to what you did. God says this. For God's sake. He said, I'm doing this for my sake. And when you ask God to forgive you, and then you try to go ask God to forgive you for the same thing, God don't remember because he forgets it. And that's the way we ought to be. We ought to be imitators of our Father. 
He said, for my sake, I forgive you. How many of y'all know that's good? So when you go to God and you go to God, he's not remembering all the things you did before. Amen. He said, for my own sake, I'm going to forgive you. And for, and for your sake, you need to forgive other people. So I could take that same thing. For my own sake, I'm not going to hold this against you. Because I don't want it to work against me. Are you with me? Now let's go over here to Mark. Say, Pastor, that's a lot of scriptures. I know, but I'm going to prove some things to you to help you. Mark chapter 11. That scripture, I always enjoyed that scripture, and I started thinking about that. Man, for God, God said, for my sake, I'm forgiving you. And I think, praise God. Thank you for your sake. You forgave me. You know, because God doesn't remember all the things that I did. People will remind you, but God won't. He forgave you. Mark chapter 11. But you know, let me just throw a word in here. You have to put faith in that forgiveness. You have to put faith. You have to believe that God really forgave you. Because your emotions will tell you otherwise. When you go to God and you say, God, I'm sorry. I remember one time I was telling the Lord I did something. I don't even remember what it was. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. Lord, I just repent. I know none of you ever did that, but I did. I just repent. God, I'm sorry. I started crying. I'm sorry, God. I just really am sorry. And I went on and on and on. And eventually he said, what are you doing? I said, well, God, I just, I, I just, I just want you to know I'm sorry. He said, I forgave you the first time. And then he told me something. He said, get up and act like you're forgiven. What does it look like when you're forgiven? See, what I was waiting for was a feeling. I was waiting for a goosey bump to come in the closet. I was waiting for something to tell me that God, I'm, uh, da, da, he forgave me. You know, and, and it, but it was faith. I had to just believe that what I said, God heard me and that God's word is true. So my feelings don't have anything in the world to do with it. Listen, sometimes when we forgive other people, we're looking for a feeling. We're looking for a manifestation in the place that we're not going to receive it. And that's our soul. It's not going to happen there. Forgiveness is by the spirit. It's not by the flesh. So you don't feel anything. Amen. Praise God. Now look at this in Mark 11. It says here in verse number 25, and again, I'll read it in Amplified because of time's sake. It says, and whatever, it says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it, let it go. In order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your failings and shortcomings. And it reminds me of a story that Dr. Jacobs told years ago about the monkeys they were trying to catch. And they couldn't catch these particular kind of monkeys, but they found out that they liked the balls or they would hold on to these balls, these balls that, you know, like uh, softballs or whatever, that they wouldn't let them go. So they put them on the outside of the fence and the the monkeys reached through the fence and grabbed hold of the balls and they couldn't let their arms come out and they'd just capture them and take them away. And that's sometimes the way people are. They hold on to those balls and they won't let it go. They won't let it go. No matter what, they're not going to let it go. And what did he just say here? Let it go. Let it drop. See, if, they, if the monkey would have just let the thing drop, they could have escaped. Same way we do. If we let it drop, we can escape. 
But if we don't let it drop, we're not going to escape this trap that the enemy has set for us. So we're not letting it go. When you let it go, you escape. When you hold on to it, you're trapped. You just sit right there and you're trapped. And you're not letting it go. You won't let it go. Let go of the balls. Let go of them so you can be freed, so that you can escape, so that you can get out of this trap that the enemy has set for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And notice what this says. I think this is such a powerful scripture that most people just run right over in verse 24 or verse 25. He said, and when you stand praying, forgive. God said, when you come to me and you want to talk to me about something, when you come to me, you need to come to me in a place of forgiveness that you forgive other people. So the first thing we need to do is clear our heart. Is to make sure that we don't have ought against someone else, someone in the church, or towards God, or towards our family, or towards a spouse, or towards our parents, or towards our children, or towards ourselves. He said, when you come and talk to me, make sure it's a place that you're clean of this, of this and you're not holding anything against anybody. Amen. And let me just say this, forgiveness doesn't mean that you're okay with what the person did. Forgiveness doesn't mean that I'm, for, for somehow, some, sometimes people think that if I forgive you, that I'm in agreement, that I'm okay with what you did. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with them, it has everything to do with you. So I'm not saying I agree with what you do, but if I forgive you, I get free from you. If you don't forgive the person, you carry them through life. If you don't forgive them or forgive yourself, you carry that all the way through life. And eventually it starts showing up in your life, your marriage, the way you think, the way you act, the way you talk. You end up carrying them with you when you want to be free from them. Even if they died, even if they're not even here anymore, you're still carrying them with you. They're still having an impact on your life and how you're raising your kids and how you're living. Because they're still part of you. You've never forgiven. And God said, when you come to me and you want to worship me and you want to talk to me and you want to have fellowship with me, the way you come to me is you better make sure your heart is right first. You better make sure that you don't have ought against anyone or against yourself. Why? Because unforgiveness is an open door and it gives place to the devil to your life. Over a period of time, if you're not careful, the devil will strike your life through unforgiveness. Especially when you know and you won't let it go. I've got a cousin right now that, that his, his, his whole family's dead. All of them. You know how they all died? Strife, bitterness, and unforgiveness. Amen. Starting with the dad. Dad went first. Then the fussing amongst one another all the time. Always fussing and fighting. Then the, then the daughter went. Then the son went. Then the mom went. The whole family's gone. Because they were always holding things against one another. They wouldn't let things go. I'm never going to forgive her. I'm not going to forgive him. Well, it caused heart attacks, caused all kind of problems in her life, and eventually it took them out. Yeah. One at a time. 
Because when you get into a place where you won't forgive and you get into bitterness towards someone or even towards yourself, you open the attack up. You open yourself to the devil and he will strike your life. Thank God for God's grace. But over a period of time, if God deals with you about this, that you've never forgiven, you've never, you've never dealt with this issue in your life, eventually it's an open door to the enemy and he'll come in and strike your life. It's deadly. It's deadly. And I can, I can vouch this family, it, it was prevalent in this family. And they were all young when they died. Yeah. I know this personally. I had a girl in my church. She's still in there now. And her husband brought her to our church. And um, he wasn't right. But he, anyway, she, she came to church. And then um, she was having some problems. And she called me up one day and she wanted to talk to me. And she told me, she said, I just want you to know I hate you. I hate your wife. I hate God. I hate your church. So that's a really good way to start a conversation. <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah. And I said, well, honey, I have never done anything to you. Just talk to me. What's going on with you? At the time she was talking to me, she was going to kill herself. And I said, well, tell me what's going on with you. And so over a long period of time, I spent time with her on the phone because I wanted to help her. I knew there was something rooted in her. I didn't take it offensively. I know she's hurt. She's a young mom who's got two boys. And I said, your two boys need you. And she told me, she, and then she started opening up. And she said when she was a little girl, and I, I, when she was a little girl, I don't know how she was, maybe eight years old, all the way up to she was almost 17. She was raped continuously. First she was given up for adoption. Then she was abused continually for years and by her father, her uncle, and her father was a pastor. So naturally, when she looked at me, I represent everything to her that hurts. And so I told my wife, I was, of course, we were on the phone. I was basically crying on the other side. She didn't see me. And I said, she's endured more than 20 lives should have endured. And through that conversation, I started talking to her about forgiving. And see, she thought forgiving would be somehow I agree. That you're saying you agree, Pastor, with what they didn't know. That's not what I'm telling you, honey. I'm saying forgiveness is for you. It's not for them. What that guy, your dad and uncle and all these men did were wrong. And they should be uh, held accountable to the full extent of the law. I'm all for it. I said, but I'm not talking about them right now. I'm talking about you and you letting it go so that you can move forward, so that your heart could be healed. And through a long period of time, ended up leading her to the Lord, praise God, and she got to a point where she forgave. She forgave. She didn't commit suicide. She calls me mom or dad and me dad, her mom. I got to get that straight. And uh, she'll come up and give us a hug and say, and I love you. And so, see, God did that. But what was holding her in a place of torment was unforgiveness and bitterness that this person did this to me. And it's terrible. There's no way that you would ever, you know, can, can agree with that. It's terrible. It's horrible what took place with a little girl like that. And these abuses are all over the church, men and women. 
hold on to things that sometimes our spouses don't even know. What happened to us when we were a little boy sleeping over somewhere, or we were here or we were there. And we have these things rooted in us. Then we wonder why when we grow up we can't be a husband, we can't be a dad, we can't be a wife, we can't be a mommy. We just always have problems with our mind, always have problems, we're always sick, we have a spirit of infirmity. I mean, we have all these things going on in our life, and the root of it is, is we need to forgive so that we can move on, not them. And I told her, I said, listen, when you ask God to forgive you and you forgive them, it frees you from them. I said, think about this. This happened years ago. You're in your early 30s. You're still carrying them. You're still carrying them with you. How long do you want to keep carrying them? Well, I don't. I, then you need to forgive them and let them go and drop the thing. That's when you're going to get free. Amen. Because she thought somehow it's going to help them. That I, I deserve to have this against you. And it was hurting her, not them. It was like a boomerang. It was coming back, hitting them. Amen. I was telling Dr. Jacobs the other day, there was a guy, he travels around the country, and of course it was validated that this actually happened, but this person was raised from the dead, and they were raised from the dead, but while they were dead, uh, they were a pastor, and while they were dead, an angel came and took them to heaven and took them to hell, and they were in hell, and this angel was standing there beside them, and he was telling them, you know, why these people were in hell, what they did. And what was happening, the torture that was going on with them. And then he turned to him and he said, if the story of your life would end today, this would be your place. And he said, no. He said, I'm a pastor. He said, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. And the angel told him, he said, when you were in the ambulance going to the hospital, you made a statement out of your heart that you said you would not forgive your wife for what she did. Evidently, there must have been something there. I don't know if it was adultery or what. He said, you, at, you said you would never forgive your wife. And he said, it's a matter of sowing and reaping. He said, you cannot sow unforgiveness towards men and reap forgiveness from God. Wow. It's a matter of sowing and reaping. Well, he come back up, of course, praise God, and repented, forgave his wife. And he said, now, anytime there's any sort of strife or whatever, he said, I run to my closet and I ask God to forgive me if I need to be forgiven for something because it's a serious matter. Another testimony a person told me before, there was a woman in the church and she would just name her. She was like the, the lady of the woman of the church and she was always just there and loved the people and she was just, a, just an all-around wonderful believer. Well, over, over a course of time, she died. She passed away. And one day, the pastor, he was praying, and he said, Lord, let's just say her name was Sarah. He said, Lord, I just wonder what Sarah's doing in heaven. And he said, she's not here. And he said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> she, she was in our church. She mothered people. She was here. She did outreach. She did all these things in our church. What do you mean she's not there? He said, she's not here. That she had unforgiveness in her heart and she would not forgive. And God could not forgive her. Isn't that what that just said? So he went to their, his, their, her family. 
and said, listen, I was praying and this is what I believe God told me. They said, well, pastor, you didn't know, but that's right. She got divorced early on in her life and she stood up. She said she hated that man and she would never forgive him for the rest of his life. It cost her her salvation. I believe it's very difficult to lose your salvation, but I believe you can. If he says here, how many of y'all know you're going to have to be forgiven? And God says, if you don't forgive, how can I forgive you? Now I realize when we first come to God, there may be a lot of things on the inside of our hearts that we need to deal with. And God has forgiven us. Are you with me? When I got born again, God has forgiven me. But when you start hearing teaching, that's when God starts dealing with you as a son, saying you need to forgive now because you've got teaching. Are you with me? And so sometimes people, they just hold things against people and they're not going to let it go no matter what. And then sometimes people have unforgiveness towards God. They hate God for what's taking place in their life or the way their life has come out. And they have anger towards God and bitterness towards God. And they won't allow God to shine a light in their life and shine a light on that thing to get them free. They want to hold on to the balls. Because they feel like this is what I, I deserve this. This is a right of mine. I'm hurt. You hurt me. And now I'm going to not forgive you for a while. I just need to hold on to this for a while. No, see, that's a trap. Because now what the enemy's doing, he's using this to work behind the scenes and you don't even see him. He's working things. He's working issues. Amen. In both of these examples, forgiveness was the key. Forgiving people. If you don't forgive people, you'll shut down healing. You're not going to get healed. It's a blockage. It'll affect your finances. It'll affect your mental state. It'll affect your healing. It'll affect your health. It'll affect your future. And it'll affect your eternity. Because it's a spiritual sin. I know it's pretty thick, isn't it? But it's the truth. Sometimes we, uh, the other side of that is sometimes we carry hate against ourselves. I've buried people that had self-hatred. They hated themselves for a decision that they made. Ended up with uh, all sorts of Alzheimer's, all sorts of Lou Gehrig's disease, and all these different things that were going on in their life because they had self-hatred. And I'd talk to their wife and I'd say, tell me about, and they said, well, you know, he just really felt bad because his son didn't turn out right or because he didn't reach out to his son and his son didn't want anything to do with him. And now, you know, he's in his 80s or whatever he is and he's got this self-hatred towards himself. He hates himself, but on the outside, he's always smiling. But now he's laying incapacitated and I'm getting the real story because he wouldn't forgive himself and he hates himself and he opened himself up to the devil and the devil struck his body. And he wouldn't be real with himself. So we have this self-hatred sometimes towards ourself. I was dealing with a guy in my church one time. He's still with me, been with me a long time. And he come in and see me as a pastor. Things are just not working right. I, and, you know, it's just not working. You know, my mind's not right. This is not right. And I said, well, talk to me about something. And I asked him some questions. And I looked at him. And I said, you know what your problem is? By the Holy Ghost. I said, do you know what your problem is? He said, no, sir. I said, you've never forgiven yourself. And he just looked at me. You've never forgiven yourself. You've taken responsibility where you shouldn't have. 
And because it's this way, you're blaming yourself for things. Even if it was your fault, you have no right to hate yourself. You have no right to, ha- to, to turn in on yourself the way you're doing. And I said, this is your, your problem is. And I said, now what we could do is I could pray for you. We can ask God to forgive you. And I'll tell you, you'll go, you'll go free from this. He said, Pastor, that's what I want to do. And he lifted up his hands, and I led him in a simple prayer. And he said, I just felt like I got delivered. Because it was an act of the heart that I'm going to let this thing go. Sometimes people carry hurts. Oh, Pastor, you know, they may be up in their years, but all of a sudden when they were a little girl, they remember things had taken place, and they never dealt with it. Mom and Dad's already gone, or the abuser's already gone, but yet you're still carrying it because you've never dealt with it. Or you blame yourself because of a divorce, or you blame yourself because the family didn't come out right. This is my fault. Turns into self-hatred. That's where a lot of the self-hatred and the self-infliction comes. And suicide opens the door to that, where you don't want to live no more because you blame yourself. See, it's a trap. The trap of the enemy. And some people carry this and continue to carry this and can carry this. And then it begins to affect their mental health. They can't think right about things. They can't believe right about things. Unforgiveness has shut their faith down because faith don't work if you don't walk in love. So now their faith isn't working. They got no joy in their spirit. They're just kind of going through life trying to get by as best they can. And all along it's because they got somebody tied to them. Or a situation tied to them that they won't let go. Got to be real with yourself. We'll close over here. I know I've been preaching a while. Matthew chapter 18. Look at this. And I know this is some real talk here. But it's, it's needful. If we, if we want to have successful marriages and we want to have successful lives, we've got to deal with this and be real. And say, you know, Lord, I haven't dealt with this. And sometimes you may be dealing with things people don't even know about. That you've been carrying. Maybe you were abused. No one even knows. Or things that's gotten into your heart and you've never forgiven. Others or yourself need to deal with it. Matthew chapter 18. And of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just paraphrase this whole thing. This is, you know the story of the guy that owed the king money and the king said he went to the king and begged him to forgive him and the, and the king said, yeah, I'll forgive you. I'll release you of this debt. You can go free. And it was a massive amount of money. And then the same guy that was released of this money and this debt, someone owed him just a few little pennies, just not very much money at all. And he came and asked him to forgive him, but he wouldn't forgive him. So he's going to hold on to it. He's not, going to, he's not going to give the same thing he received. He received forgiveness but refuses to offer it. And if we're not careful, this is exactly the way we can be. We can receive, we want forgiveness from God, but we're not willing to give it to others or give it to ourselves. Amen. And so this king found out about it and he said, you bring him to me. The guy, I released all that debt. I released him and he wouldn't forgive this other person. And he locked him up and grabbed a hold of him and treated him miserably. And he's not going to forgive him. No, he's not going to forgive him. He said, bring him to me. So he was, he was put out. And then notice what it says here in verse 34 or verse 33. Shouldest not that thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, 
even as I have pity on thee. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Now listen to this verse. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brothers their trespasses. God said, just like this person was turned over to the tormentors. Now God's not turning nobody over to the tormentors. He's just simply saying that if you choose not to forgive and you want to hold on and carry that, you're going to open yourself up to tormentors. And anybody that I've ever come in contact in the last 20 years in pastoring people, when they're in unforgiveness, torment is always there. They are tormented by what's taking place. And I'll end with this. I had a a situation in my life years ago where someone did me really bad. And they did me really wrong, and I felt like, and this is a sorry way of thinking, I'm not endorsing, it's not right. But I felt like I had a right to be mad at you. I felt like I had a right, because you really just cut me deep. You know, when you get cut, you, it, it didn't feel good. And I carried that, and I wouldn't forgive them. I was mad. Every time I looked at them, I just, I didn't even want to tell you what I thought. It's terrible. But I was at Church on the Rock. Under my pastor. And he started talking about forgiveness years ago. And I didn't want to forgive. Because I felt like, I had, I felt like that somehow if I forgave him, it helped him. And that's a sorry way of thinking. But see how I twist your mind? My mind wasn't right. My mind wasn't right because it was affecting me and I didn't realize it was affecting me. And the Lord told me, he spoke to me. He said, you're not going to go any further until you get this straight. You heard the man of God preach on this, and I am requiring you to obey the word. And, and then he said something that really helped me. He said, now when you forgive, you don't forgive from your feelings, you forgive from your heart. Which means you're not going to feel anything typically. You could, but you generally aren't going to feel anything. He said, because it's an action from the heart, not the feelings. So don't look to your feelings, you're doing it by faith. So I said, well, Father, I forgive such and such of everything they did to me. And then the Lord said, yeah, and you weren't innocent in it either. And I said, Lord, (laughs) forgive me too. And you know what? I'd like to tell you a big giant weight came off of me. I didn't feel nothing. When the person came and I seen him again, I was still mad. But the Lord told me, he said, remember... You forgive by faith, not by feelings. He said, those feelings are straightened up. Just keep addressing them. And I'd say, nope, I forgave by faith. Praise the Lord. I've forgiven. It's, they're no longer in me no more. They're not having any bearing in my life no more. And then over a period of time, you know what would happen? My feelings got in line with my spirit. And then eventually, years later, I was able to pray for them. And I have no ought against them whatsoever. I was not going to carry them with me. No more. And I realized what I was doing and it was wrong. Amen. Are you with me tonight? Forgiveness is a choice. And I chose that day to forgive. And I know I've said a lot of things tonight. And I, but, but it's going to help you in your family. I mean, we can talk about parenting. We can talk about all kinds of things. But I just felt like this is what the Lord told me to teach on tonight. And I hope it helped you. And what I want to do tonight, if you could all just stand up with me.
Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.